Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? So glad you can be with us today. We are going to be jumping into a message series that we titled The Remnant. And, you know, for the last month in my personal prayer time, the word remnant just keeps coming up. Uh, that there is a rising up of a remnant group of people. Uh, They're ready to stand in the gap. They're watchmen on the wall. They're rebuilders of the broken. They're restorers of hope. And I just can't get away from the book of Nehemiah. And, you know, like many of you, I've got a lot of questions about this past election. You know, a few weeks ago, it was election night. Then it became election week. And now it feels like it's election month, you know, but I'm asking, you know, God, what are you doing in the land right now? What, what are you doing in the church right now? There's a massive purging that's been happening is a lot of things that are being brought to light. And, um, and Lord, what are you doing in positioning the church and how are you positioning us? And for me, you know, the book in Nehemiah, uh, it's giving me incredible perspective and quite honestly, giving me a lot of hope. And you know, when it comes to reading the Word of God, I don't read the Bible to get a message to prepare on a Sunday. Um, I think I think pastors, preachers, leaders in the body of Christ get into a real dangerous position when they're simply reading to be able to get something that they're gonna that they're gonna give out. Uh, you don't have time to really digest it. You don't really have a time for it to nourish your soul be, before it can be nourishment. Uh, to others. And, and you know, when you're reading the Bible, you're reading the logos, the, the written word of God, until you get the rhema, which is the Holy Spirit breathed spoken word of God to you. So you read the logos until you get the rhema. And, and the rhema word of God, it's both comforting and at times it's correcting. And that's what I'm feeling as I'm, as I'm reading and, I, and I'm processing, just meditating on, on the book of Nehemiah. And I'm praying that if you're listening to this, I'm praying that God's going to give you fresh eyes in this season. He's going to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, minds that understand, and a heart to believe. And that's something that I pray over myself. I pray over my children all the time. I say, Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a mind that understands. Give me a heart to believe you believe you at your word. You know, I don't want to just make room for the Holy Spirit to move in my life in a certain area. No, I want, I want, I want to give the Holy Spirit the room. I want to give the Holy Spirit this day. I'm going to give the Holy Spirit this podcast. So we're jumping into this series called The Remnant, and it's really taking a look at the book of Nehemiah and grabbing some truths that have really um, nourished my soul. And I pray that they're going to nourish yours as well. But Nehemiah, let me just give you a little bit of backstory on the guy. So the book of Nehemiah uh, was written mostly by a guy named, you guessed it, Nehemiah. And if you go through the Bible, you'll see Ezra, Nehemiah, that there's a, there's a few people. Malachi was around the same time. The book of Nehemiah occurs about 90 years after the Jewish exiles get freed from Babylonian rule. So uh, long story short, um, you know, the, the Israelites are kind of doing their, their own thing for many, 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 many years. And God is so kind, just, and gentle with them, 
trying to woo them back. And then he says, all right, enough's enough. If you want to do this on your own, go for it. And so the Babylonian empire comes in and they basically carry them off. And these, the, the Israelites become exiles in, in Babylon. Fast forward, uh, the Persian empire begins to rise and they overthrow the Babylonian. And so, uh, when they overthrew the Babylonian rule, the Persians then set the Jewish people free. A lot of people think that Nehemiah was a slave, but he wasn't. Uh, the, the Jewish people had been freed 90 years before uh, Nehemiah comes onto the scene in this book. But the Persian rule was pretty massive, okay? It spanned from the Middle East uh, almost all the way over to India, uh, went up through parts of Europe and down into the, the northern tip of Africa and Egypt. And Nehemiah lived in, in uh, the capital of the, of, of the Persian Empire in a place called Susa. Susa would be in modern-day Iran. So it was about 1,000 miles thousand miles from Jerusalem and Nehemiah is there and he is um, working, so to speak, in the halls of government, if you will. And he's a cupbearer to the king. And now it's really important to point out that a cupbearer is is not a butler. Okay. This isn't just a low level position. It was actually a high position. It was a trusted person. This person would be close to the king. This was a position actually of honor. Um, yes, there was an aspect that they were kind of a human guinea pig where they're making sure that the, the food and drink. Um, it didn't have any, um, it didn't, didn't have any poison in it, but they're also making sure that everything's properly prepared, nicely presented. But this is a trusted person. There would be lucrative pay that would have gone along with this position. You get special privileges, fringe benefits. Um, and again, it's 90 years after the people were free. So Nehemiah wasn't a slave. And during this time, Nehemiah is more of a government official. During this time, there was a gentleman named Ezra who wrote the book of Ezra. Ezra was a priest and a scribe. Ezra was more so concerned with the temple in Jerusalem, where Nehemiah was concerned with the walls around Jerusalem. Ezra was concerned with the the the, the spiritual matters in the in the in the priesthood. Nehemiah is more concerned with the practical matters, security, economics, etc. Ezra was more introspective. He's kind of more of a feeler. Nehemiah is he's a doer. He's a make it happen type of a leader. Okay, Ezra. He, he's priestly duties, Nehemiah, kingly duties. Okay, if you take a look at the story in the New Testament, if you, a lot of you may have known the story between Mary and Martha, and, and they're waiting on Jesus, you know, and, and, and Mary's just worshiping, and Martha's running around getting everything done. Ezra would be more of the Mary in the relationship. Nehemiah would be more of a Martha, okay? And you need both. You need both. When you, when you have both of that, you get order and you get freedom. And, uh, and it's still a free country, uh, by the way. Um, it was it was a strategic location where Judah and Jerusalem were. That was just a tiny part of the Persian Empire, but it was a big piece of the puzzle, if you will, as it connected a lot of different people groups, etc. And, and the Persian Empire, as they grew, uh, they faced a lot of opposition, and and they needed the king needed Judah to remain loyal to him, and who better to head that up than this guy Nehemiah, a trusted official. And when I say Judah, I'm talking about the Israelites that lived in that region. The region was known as Judah. The people was, I know it gets confusing sometimes when you read through all the different names, et cetera. But he needed them to remain loyal to him to be able to help keep the peace because that was a very, very strategic location. All right, so that's the backstory. So the book of Nehemiah starts out in chapter one, which is what we're going to kind of talk about today. Nehemiah, you know, he it, it happened. He's in the middle of serving the king. And, uh, and then one day his brother, one of his brothers came with a bunch of men and Nehemiah at this point, he asked them, Hey, what's going on? How are our, how's our, how's our lineage? How, how are the Jews who escaped, 
um, and, and now that are living over in exile, um, how are they doing? And how's Jerusalem? And then his brother and the other guy said, you know, there's a remnant there. Verse 3 in Nehemiah chapter 1 says there was a, there's a remnant there in the province who had survived the exile, but they are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. I mean, can anybody relate to this right now? The walls of the city broken down, gates destroyed, people living in trouble, people full of shame. You know, you may feel broken down as you're listening to this. You may feel like hope's been destroyed. 2020 has not been the year you thought it was when you made your your vision board and wrote out your goals and your dreams. It seems like maybe some of the plans that you had burnt up. Um, but I just want to encourage you, help is on the way. There is a remnant that is rising up. There are Nehemiahs that are coming into the picture that you don't even know yet, and they're going to be there to help you. And for some of you listening, to this, you are Nehemiah. You're going to be the Nehemiah in the story. And you know, uh, point number one, if you will, for the type A's that are listening, uh, restoration of the broken begins with repentance. Restoration begins with repentance. That's what 2 Chronicles 7.14 is all about. We love to quote it about prayer, but it's really about us turning our hearts to God. It says, if my people who are called by my name that's the church, will humble themselves and pray. If they will turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. You know, we need to turn as the church body, we need to turn back to God. And right now, as you're seeing in the church, there's kind of a purging going on. And, and it's sad to see, and, and there's been different leaders that have been exposed for some different things. Um, and that's hard when you watch it, but it's going to be so good for them in the long run because God loves them enough that he, he'll take them as they are, but he loves them enough not to leave them as they are. And so restoration begins with repentance. And the second point would be that, you know, restoration and rebuilding of the broken begins with a willingness. It just begins with a willing person that says, hey, I, I, I'll, I'm going to assist. I'm not going to be an armchair quarterback complaining about what's going on in the world or what's wrong with my church or what's wrong with the business or what's wrong with my family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're willing to jump in there. They say, hey, I'm going I'm I'm to put my neck out. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And God does not use the most talented Thank you, Jesus. But he uses the most willing and the faithful. You know, and, and you may not be the most talented person out there. You may not be able to do X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. But you're faithful. You're willing. And when you're faithful and willing, it's like the winning combination that God can use where literally his hands move on your hands and you see miracles. You know, in Matthew 24, Jesus is, is sharing with his disciples about the last days. And he says in verse 12, he says, you know, in the last days, there's going to be an increase of wickedness. And the love of most is going to grow cold. It's not the love of some. He said the love of most, they'll grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And Jesus said that because of the increase of wickedness, that the passion of some of the believers during the end times, it's going to grow cold. You know, as a pastor, this, this concerns my heart because, you know, the Holy Spirit is our thermometer. Okay. He, and he, he doesn't want us to be thermostats in the room. He wants to be our, he wants us to be thermometers in culture. Okay. And we turn up, we turn up that heat in a good way. 
And, and we desire at Authentic Church that people have an experience with God anytime that we gather together, because one moment in the presence of God will change you for a lifetime. You'll, you'll forget the words on this podcast. You know, this, this is being recorded. It'll be saved in the archives, but you'll listen to this and, you know, a year from now, you may or may not ever remember this. But if you had an experience with God, you would remember that. And that's what we're after in our, in our gatherings at Authentic Church. And our hope is that those corporate gathering experiences with God lead to personal encounters and experiences with God throughout the week. You know, but Jesus said there's going to be some that will grow cold. And as wickedness increases, so will that. But he also said that this would happen. He said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. But the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. You know, usually the gospel does its best work and God does his best work in the middle of a crisis. I don't know about you, but yeah, I, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I went through a season of my life where I was like the broken down walls of Jerusalem. I, and I was like the exiles live, living in trouble and filled with shame. And God reached into my situation. And at that point in my dark night, he reached in with his bright light shining, and that is Jesus, and he gave me a hand, and he pulled me up out of the miry clay, set my feet on a rock to stand, and it's from that place that my life totally changed, and my life was changed because there was people that didn't just listen to a message, but they became the messengers, and that's what we need. You know, this gospel will be preached, so although there's going to be an increase of bad, and buckle up. I don't know that we're out of the. I don't know we're out of the woods yet in 2020. I kind of guesstimate it might get a little bit worse before it gets better. Um, and I don't mean to be a negative Nelly here, but but despite the increase of bad, despite the increase of evil, despite the increase of lawlessness, lawlessness. And by the way, where sin abounds, logic goes out the window. So quit trying to bring logic to people on Facebook or whatever you there if they're if they're steeped in sin your logic it won't even it'll carry no weight to them okay your arguments and everything else it's it's not it's not it's not going to do anything to change their mind a person changed against their will is of the same opinion still they're going to remain the same and even though there's going to be increase of that there's also going to be an increase of the move of God so what did Nehemiah do the first thing he did is he he heard the news about the broken down city and, and he prayed and he fasted and he repented. He turned towards God before he took and tried to remove the speck of sawdust from his neighbor, neighbor's eye. He took the plank out of his own eye and said, hey, Lord, you know, our relationship, I need, I need to make some things right. I, I need to get right with you. And so that's, that's, what, Nehemiah, that's what Nehemiah does. And, and that's, a, that's a message to you and me today. Lord, what do we need to do? What, what do, is there anything in my relationship with you? You know, the goal of a disciple, uh, a sold out disciple is unbroken fellowship with the Lord. We want unbroken fellowship with him. And, and in verse three, it says the remnant were in great trouble and they were filled with shame. God doesn't want you to feel like you're full of shame. He, he doesn't want you just to be surviving and barely making it. He wants you to be thriving. So Nehemiah turns to God. He returns to the Lord. And then at that moment, God had a man's heart and then he could work with his talents. When, when you give your heart to God, he's able to breathe on those talents that he's given you, 
that promotion, that opportunity that he's given you, that business he's given you, those relationships he's given you, when you turn your heart fully to him and he knows that your heart is his, man, the amazing things God can do. And so Nehemiah did that. And God took all of the experience, all of the success, quote unquote success, that he had in life. And it led to a strategic moment in history where Nehemiah said yes, and he would return to Jerusalem and he would stand in the gap. He'd give his life. He would lay down his life, lay down his prominence and you know, lay, lay down all he had going for him uh, back serving the king at the capital. And he went to go and rebuild that wall. And I just got to believe that there's somebody listening to this and God's been preparing you. Uh, maybe you've been undetected until now. Uh, you've been put in the right position. You're going to have the right qualifications for the right time set aside by the Lord. And why? To rebuild what was broken and to restore what was lost. So I just want to encourage you, you know, this week, maybe take a little bit of time and read the first chapter of the book of Nehemiah. See what words stand out to you. And anytime you read the Bible, I really encourage everybody to do this. This is just kind of like pro tip, if you will. Read with a highlighter. Just get a basic highlighter and just look for something to highlight and then underline or highlight anything that seems to jump out at you as you read. And then as it does, you just highlight it and then you just start to ask questions. Be inquisitive. Why does this stand out to me? How does this scripture apply to my day? How does this scripture apply to my marriage? How does the scripture apply to my business, raising my kids, etc.? And as you do that, you're, you're, you're starting to that dialogue with the Lord. And then as you do, the Holy Spirit's just going to unpack and open up your eyes to different things in the scripture. That's why we pray, Lord, give us eyes to see. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us minds that understand and give us a heart to believe. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, to the Authentic Church Podcast. That's kind of where we're going to land the plane. If you want to stay up to speed on all things Authentic Church, you can connect with us on social media. Authentic Church OC is our social media handle for Instagram and Facebook. And then if you haven't already done so, you can hit subscribe and to this podcast, and then you'll be notified when the next one drops. But we're going to continue on in our series, The Remnant. And I just want to encourage you that you are part of the remnant. You are one who stands in the gap. You're a watchman on the wall. You're going to rebuild the broken, and you're going to restore hope. That's what you are because that's who God is inside of you. And so I pray that you receive that today, and I pray that you run with that this week. God bless. Thanks so much for listening.